gals and non-binary pals, welcome to In the Chaos, a podcast between two friends just trying to have it all. Each week, we'll share how we're dealing with the chaos of culture, politics, and astrology. I'm Sarita, Executive Director of Emerge Texas and Intuitive Witch. And I'm Cal Jack Cade. I'm a semi-professional homosexual, a media strategist, a witch, and... Welcome to fucking Pride Month! We made it! And I'm not gonna lie, this first week has been hell, uh, because corporate pride is fucking suffocating. But, that's why we're talking about it for a whole episode. Um, This week, we are gonna start off by diving right into the mess of everything that's happened in the last mm, seven plus days. And then we'll get into our second segment, which is our meat and potatoes, where we are talking about pride. What it is. <laughs> We're talking about the roots of pride in Stonewall, the focus of pride on police brutality, the ongoing kink discourse, and of course, corporate pie, pride. Uh, gross. Um, <laughs> then finally, we will talk through a call to action. We've got some great organizations that you can support this month and for all the rest of the months because you got to give queer people and trans people money outside of June, turns out. Um, what? You guys have bills to pay outside right? of June? <laughs> you mean queer people aren't poor outside of June? What? <laughs> we got to give them money? Um, all right, let's, let's dive right on in. Okay, so real quick, uh, because we took a little BB break, uh, so we weren't necessarily talking about the chaos in our last episode. Um, If you haven't listened to it, it's all about Gemini season. It's super fun. Go listen. The sign of Gemini, um, Gemini, the the sign itself is celestial twins. Um, There, that is, you know, each sign has like an image associated with it. Um, And Gemini is of the twin. But, um... Over the course of that break, uh, on Memorial Day, the Texas legislature came to a close. The 87th legislative session is done. Um, But we will have not one but two special sessions. That's for another episode. But I just want to give some flowers to Texas Democratic state leaders in our state legislature, except for the four of you who know who you fucking are, um, because there was an awful, awful, awful voter suppression bill that was going to be heard in like literally the 11th hour at the close of session. What the late night drama in Austin as Democrats took one last chance to shut down a bill that boy a lot of folks across the nation are watching. A quorum is apparently not present. Mr. Guerin moves the House of Georgia at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Objection sure here's none sorted. So Democrats in the House, they walked out meaning there weren't enough people to vote on a controversial election reform bill. And uh, it would have taken away rights from black and brown folks, in particular voting rights. And because there was no getting rid of it, uh, Democratic leaders, except for the four of them, uh, walked out and broke quorum, which meant that there weren't enough people in the uh, on the House floor to actually vote on the bill, which means the bill got thrown out. So just want to give them a little bit of flowers. I bitch about Texas politics, even Democrats all the time. So it's important that I let them know that I do actually love them and they do good stuff. I The important thing here, too, is that this walkout was led by black and brown members of the caucus, too. White leadership and, and white members of the caucus were not pushing for um, Dems to break quorum in the way that black and brown leaders were. And so there was a particular group of uh, Democrats in the state house that like met and pushed for and like organized this walkout. And because of them, like deeply harmful legislation is dead. So once again, white people get our shit together. Listen to black and brown people and other people of color. It's as if we know what we're doing. It's pretty straightforward, actually. The solution is very straightforward here. 
<laughs> um, speaking of some flowers, I wanted to give some quick flowers to our friends over at Pose, um, who, uh, bittersweet, um, just wrapped up the final season of that show. Um, I will admit I am behind. I, um, same, same. No one spoil anything. As many of you know, I've been deep in an escapist Grey's Anatomy binge. I'm still there. I feel myself moving out of it, but I'm not there yet. When I emerge from it, I will continue watching Pose. Um, but I did start to see like tweets on the internet, people, you know, just like giving thanks for this show. I saw several folks, you know, talk. I know um, Janet Mock had a beautiful tweet, um, and a lot of folks were just like talking about the. Um, Kind of like the place in history that this show has very clearly um, settled into because of just every single barrier that it broke. And I'm just really excited. I think we've said this before um, earlier when the final season started, but I'm so excited for like all of these creators, the actors, the producers, the writers on the show to now like scatter across the universe and like continue creating like good things, like the little seeds that they are for greatness. So I'm just very thankful for this thing. Um, I cannot wait to watch it when I am ready to say goodbye. Um, but in the meantime, just so many flowers. It's just such a good show. It's just, it's so, so good. And if you haven't watched the show or if you're like more than just this season behind, I'm behind on this season also. But seasons one through three are all on Netflix. So like- Nope, season one through two are on Netflix. Thank you. Sorry, one through two. Um, I know how numbers work. It's fine. <laughs> uh, seasons one through two are on Netflix. And like, it's just such a beautiful show. And like, you fall in love with every single person. Last night, my mom called me in a panic because her cable was out over the weekend and she wasn't going to get her cable. The guy wasn't coming until Monday. Uh, and she was like, I'm going to have to. She literally goes, Srita, I'm going to have to watch Pose on my phone in bed. Your mom watches screen. Pose? Oh, my mom is obsessed with Pose. <laughs> oh, I love that. Congratulations to Pose and all the love to that team and all the moms out there who are watching it a lot faster than Serena and I are. <laughs> yes. Uh, and speaking of flowers also, um, want to give a couple shout outs to hashtag sports with a Z. Specifically, uh, love of our lives, Naomi Osaka, who uh, was not competing in the French Open because People are fucking monsters. Mm. Um, you don't you, say. Yeah. <laughs> if you somehow don't know, leading up to the French Open, she decided to opt out of a press event. It all started when Osaka, the second-ranked player in the world, announced she would not partake in press conferences. She cited her mental health and told the world she has suffered because of it in the past. The press at these tournaments, and this is not the first time that this has been said, certainly by women athletes in particular, that there is a tremendous amount of pressure that's put on these players by the media themselves, particularly in France. She said she wasn't going to do it. And she put out, like, she didn't need to, put out a statement of, like, for the sake of my mental health, I'm not going to do this. And so they fined her $15,000 and told her if she continued to not do press events, that she might have to forfeit her, like, turn in the tournament. Fifteen. Um, thousand dollars like one five those zero, are three zero. zeros there like yes that is fucking absurd so instead of dealing with this and again trying to protect her peace she opted to just pull out of the uh, fringe open which fucking sucks because she shouldn't have to do that um the calm app the company uh said that they are going to pay her fifteen thousand dollar fine um and they're doing some other stuff around like sports mental health i can't remember everything but um you know fuck corporations but i do like it when they spend money to support black femmes i wonder um, if anyone else is keeping an eye out for pride month like this is this is how <laughs> you, you do listening? it folks um, 
Serena and Venus Williams were interviewed and asked to speak on Naomi Osaka and choosing to step out. And both of them, of course, did fucking amazing, specifically Venus, who said... For me personally, how I quote, how I deal with it was that I know every single person asking me a question can't play as well as I can and never will. So no matter what you say or what you write, you'll never light a candle to me. So that's how I deal with it. Um, But each person deals with it differently. And honestly, that's a baller-ass statement. Um, And Serena was basically like, you know, over time, I've developed a thicker skin to be able to do with this. And I totally get that some people don't have that. So, like, do what you need to do. Um, Because the media loves to pit Black women against each other. And both Venus and Serena said we're not doing that. Um, But so just want to give her some love and so proud of her and so glad that she is doing what she needs to do to take care of herself. Fucking shitty that the people responded the way that they did, but I'm glad that, you know, someone's stepping up to pay her fine and that hopefully she's getting some space. Um, and then also hashtag sports with a Z. Uh, our girl, Simone motherfucking Biles. My Texas queen. We love all 24-year-old pint-sized gymnast angel, Simone. Um, recently... It's going to become very obvious that I only did gymnastics for one year when I was six. Uh, Recently, (laughs) she did a bunch of spins in the air that had never been done before. And then she landed them. And then she landed it perfectly. And then over the weekend, she did a whole new fucking thing that's never been done before that they are now calling the Biles. So obviously, we we have to just ask you about the vault. (laughs) What exactly were you thinking the moment that the green light came on and you were about to compete for the very first time? I was just thinking, do it like training. Don't try to like overdo anything because I have a tendency as soon as I raise my hand to kind of overpower things. And I did a little bit, but at least I still was on my feet. It's a new vault and I'm proud of how today went, even though it was a little bit rough and uncharacteristic, but it was okay. Of course, after this, people were like, well, she should be scored on a different rating scale than other people because it's not fair. And like, da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, fuck all the way off. You fucking Everyone losers. <laughs> fucking right? like, losers. <laughs> they literally said, she's beating us too much. Yes. Help Let's me. change the rules. Like, Yes. Fucking loser. It's not fair. <laughs> and they like to shit on us for wanting participation trophies. Fuck off. Fuck all the way off. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Simone, keep doing you, stay golden, and keep stunting on these hoes. Point blank. That's it. That's all. Like, I cannot get over it. I had not heard about this until you just said this, that they were saying that she be, she should be scored differently. And my only response, the only thing ringing a lot in my brain right now is fucking losers. Like, maybe y'all need to step it up. Maybe you right, need a more... just get better. <laughs> like, maybe you need a more intense training regimen than she does so that you can catch the fuck up because she's clearly outworking all of you hoes. Hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Sucks to suck. (sighs) Can't all be Simone Biles, I guess. Um, (laughs) My final Texas queen that I am so, like, permanently excited for and even more excited about what she's working on, um, Miss Magda Stallion has let us know that um, Miss Tina Snow, her alter ego, is back, bitch. Tina Snow is mother effing back, y'all. She hopped on her Instagram today and she posted this video. Now, if you take a look at the video, you see that she's loading and at the bottom, you see it says Tina Snow. So she's ready to go. And um, has now let us know that uh, something is happening on June 11th, which is this now upcoming Friday. Um, I'm ready for some more fucking music, Meg. I swear to God, if it's, if it is more than one, like, I will praise God for everything <laughs> that I'm about to get from Meg the Stallion because we don't deserve it. And also, I wish you could see Cal like fully short circuiting right now at the thought of like just like 30 seconds of Meg, which is the appropriate response. Like, right. 
Like, my brain... Thought shit. I'm like, like, when I saw the art for thought shit, I was like, I'm ready. My body is ready, whatever this is. I'm like, how do I put into words what I'm experiencing right now? <laughs> if it is, If it is more than a single... I'm simply going to be in outer space. Like, y'all will not be able to reach me. I will be booked for the next several days, only consuming whatever mixtape, EP, album, shit she chooses to give me. In Out of Respect and Pure Honor, I have been listening to Tina Snow, the album, um, or mixtape, whatever it is, um, for a complete 24 hours. And um, I actually, I once had the blessing and honor of seeing Meg do a tiny desk um, (gasps) at, for NPR. Yes. And I got to watch her like do an interview afterwards where she talked about like having an alter ego and like what that meant to her and how that influenced her music. And She's just the weirdest fucking Aquarius bitch I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. Like, she is such an Aquarius. Like... And I love it so much. Everything from her, like, anime obsession... Yes. ...to her alter ego, to, like... She, more than anyone, just, like, does her own fucking shit. That, which, like, can come off as aloof, which, like, I hear Aquarians are. Um... (laughs) And also, it's because she's busy, like, building a world that she wants to live in and having a fucking blast doing it. So, like, I can't fucking wait. She's letting us in even more into this fucking fantasy she's built for us. And, like, God, I cannot fucking wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) I feel alive. I feel alive (laughs) for once this Pride Month. This is new. This is different. Meg said, you know what? <laughs> it is Pride Month. You know what the fucking gays need? Some some thought Jesus music. No. That's what they need. That's what they need. Um, speaking of things that gays love, need, have in their veins, uh, as I was saying this earlier, share. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to pretend like I'm like a like ride or die share. Like, I think she's lovely. And as I said, when Cal and I were talking earlier, I really just know Cher in terms of like drag canon. Um, and Everything performer- I know about Cher was taught <laughs> to me by RuPaul's Rusical about Cher. <laughs> and I want to be clear, in case you haven't listened to any previous episode where I've talked about drag race... Fuck RuPaul Charles. And also, that was the only cultural education on Cher that I got in season 10, I believe. Uh, But the moral of the story is our sweet baby Cher runs her own Twitter as well. (laughs) She runs her own Twitter and it's painfully obvious because the shit that she is popping off from time to time is a mess. Uh, And today it really just went to a new level. (laughs) (laughs) so like right like she tweeted in her classic all caps incredible punctuation Mm -hmm. um and i'm Mm. i'm paraphrasing here um that uh senator joe manchin and senator kristen gillibrand kirsten gillibrand my apologies senator um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which like <laughs> uh, we'll talk about apologies in just a second uh, she, <laughs> so Cher tweeted that the two these two people were fucking basically fucking up the country um, and that they needed to be stopped before they just like really held up Joe Biden's agenda and she specifically called on the people of New York State <laughs> to get Senator Gillibrand out of the Senate now, the context we're all working on with within this is that um, on Sunday, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia let the girls know once again that um, not only was he he he's well, not a Democrat, he's um, not going to <laughs> vote for the For the People Act, which is um, the latest voting rights legislation that Democrats are trying to get passed and a major priority for President Joe Biden. And in addition to that, he is not going to blow up the filibuster. Which is what? A remnant of Jim Crow slavery, or I should say chattel slavery and Jim Crow restrictions on voting rights. Um, So that happened on Sunday. People are mad about it. 
Um, Joe Manchin's partner in crime is Senator Kirsten Cinema. I want you to really remember her name from the state of Arizona. Um, <laughs> so not Kirsten Gillibrand who, from the right New York? is from New York State. Great progressive, ran for president. You may know her. Um, so Cher got the Kirstens confused um, in her tweet <laughs> and <laughs> followed up shortly after with an apology tweet for Senator Gillibrand. And I just yes. want to point out that in her apology, she apologized to not only Senator Gillibrand, but to everyone in New York State. <laughs> the people of New York State. <laughs> the people of New York, which I found particularly funny. Um, who among us hasn't, you know, fired off a tweet, particularly in a Mercury retrograde, especially in Gemini season? Like, we should have seen this one coming. Truly. And the fact that it was from Cher was so perfect because she's not good at Twitter. <laughs> and has never, I want to be clear, never proclaimed yeah. to be. Never to be. To be very clear, she fully is like, look, I type some things into the box and I hit tweet. We call it a day. But My people like, tell me if a bad thing happens, but I just, right, I send the tweets. Someone will let me know. <laughs> it makes me think about that episode of Veep. Have you watched Veep? Duh. <laughs> there is, do you remember the episode where Selena tweets something she meant to DM to her boyfriend? Yes. <laughs> and then she's like, the Chinese hacked our Twitter, and then it becomes a whole other thing. Like, that, like I think about Cher as Selena of like, oh, I meant to like DM that to someone. <laughs> oh, no. But actually, be- I guess it's just more blatant than that, because she really does just tweet whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. Oh, we love to see it. Cher, thank you for bringing some comedic relief to what was a very fucking annoying situation with Manchin and all of these fucks who don't believe in people having voting rights. Um, And so real quick, before we dive into the meat and potatoes, I want to do a quick highlight of the astrology we're dealing with this week, because as Cal said, Mercury is still in retrograde. So fucking check your tweets before you hit send, share. Um, Mercury will be in retrograde for another like 10-ish days until like the 22nd. Uh, Then we'll go into the shadow period, whatever. We'll talk more about that once we get to the close of the retrograde. Uh, The thing that's really like poppin' this week is on Thursday, June 10th, the uh, what would have been a regular, regular new moon will actually be a partial solar eclipse um, in Gemini, because uh, we're in Gemini season. So if you are an astro person, check out your chart, see where, what house Gemini is in, if you have any planets in Gemini, because um, that's going to really speak to this eclipse. This is the, this is part four of a four-part eclipse series that started last March. Um, And this particular chunk or this like eclipse that's happening on Thursday uh, is specifically looking at what was going on end of November to like mid-December of last year. So take a little peek-see at that part of your life and uh, just kind of notice like anything that has been changing, developing, um, any any events, areas of your life that uh, it's like, oh yeah, a bunch of shit was popping off around that time. Um, I think we maybe mentioned this in the Gemini episode, but for me, Gemini is in... Um, my fifth house, so like my creative projects. And I texted Cal and John this morning and I was like, oh shit, Gemini is in my fifth house of creative projects. And in December, Cal texted me and was like, should we do a podcast? Um, And look at us now. Um, And we've got some super fun stuff going on behind the scenes with the podcast. So I'm very, very into that and excited. Astrology is real. I'll fight you. Last little tidbit of astrology happening this week. On Friday, Mars, the planet of power and action will enter Leo, the sign of I will not be told what to do. <laughs> Which is also, correct me if I'm wrong, Mar- this is a, a good sign for Mars to be in, right? Yeah. It's like it's a homie like- sign. Yeah, it's like it's a, a sign it like vibes with. Um, <laughs> Mars is ruled by Aries is ruled by Mars, so that's like where it does its best. But like really, any of like the um, 
like fire signs, like really Mars just struggles in fucking water signs and Mars has been in cancer. So like if you've been struggling to like set boundaries, if you've been struggling to like say what you mean, say what you feel, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> so Mars moving into Leo is like cute and light, but also uh, get ready for some drama-rama. Um, because again, Leo won't be told what to do. I should know. <laughs> Resident. Leo in residence here. <laughs> Leo <the> resident. <laughs> Population, me, myself, and I. Um, but so uh, be prepared to tell people what to do and to also be told what to do. And um, it's really going to help the, the like, the helpful part of it is uh, it's really going to help us get to the heart of an issue that started back in March of 2020. So on a societal level, um, you know, we went into a panorama, the world fucking shut down, like, right. Like we're going to really start honing in on some shit related to that on a personal level, you know, what shifted, changed, happened, popped off for you March of 2020, maybe related to the panorama, maybe not. Um, and well, it's not necessarily, going to give us a solution it is going to give us the like oh that's what that fucking is which like is helpful information right um so yeah pay attention to that um that's gonna be cute that's gonna be fun venus is now in cancer it'll be there for the whole month venus our planet of love in the sign of cancer that just wants to love and nurture that's really fun um so like be kind be gentle be compassionate Always, but especially always, now. Always, but especially now. <laughs> it should be easier to do that right now. Venus said, be kind, please. Be kind. <laughs> be nice. <laughs> All right. We are going to take a quick break. And then we'll be back for a discussion about pride in this meat and potatoes. So stay right there. I'm not sure if my body is ready for this, but we're going to fucking do it. Um, and the reason I'm not ready for it is because we're going to talk about pride. And while we were getting ready to talk about this episode, I was like, yeah, we should do an episode about pride because, for number one, because it's Pride Month. Number two, because I think that a lot of people, specifically my straight cis people, are like, yeah, the gays just picked June. They were like, yeah, it's the summer. We can have a parade. Let's go with June. <laughs> and that's not at all how it started. <laughs> um, so I feel like it's important here, before we get into, like, the true shit show that is Pride Month. Every month, every year, it's a shit show. And every year. Every, every year of Pride. It's the gays. It's going to be a shit show. Um, so before we we jump into this, that messy discourse, all, all the things on the internet, um, there's plenty of it to get through. It feels important to lay sort of like a historical foundation for ourselves as we talk about Pride. Um, so like, Sarita, what is Pride? Why does it happen in June? Is it because it's hot so we can wear our assless chaps? Like, yes. why do we do it? <laughs> Um, Pride is in June because gays love crop tops. It's true. Um, <laughs> Can't confirm. Uh, no. Pride is in June because never fucking forget that Pride started as a motherfucking riot. Um, or we prefer the more accurate term, uprising. Fun fact, we prefer uprising to riot more often because riot implies uh, negative connotations of people doing harm, people doing violence, people acting out. Uprising uh, speaks to the like need to need for justice, uh, the political social tension involved. Um, so that's just a cute little side story if you're interested. 
Anyways, Pride is in June because on June 28th, 1969, at the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village, we had the Stonewall Uprising. Um, This is going to be shorter than a Wikipedia article overview of Stonewall. I want to be very clear about that. Please do not at me of like, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. I know. I'm trying to get it in in 30 seconds or less, just like me after three margaritas. Um. (laughs) Oh, that was... I couldn't help it. (laughs) I'm speechless. And that doesn't happen often. Wow, happy pride, folks. That is incredible. Happy pride. (laughs) Sometimes the words, they move through me. Um, But anyways, so the Stonewall uh, uprising led by the loves of our lives, uh, Sylvia Rivera, Marsha P. Johnson. Uh, Never forget that pride also was started by trans women, a black trans woman, a Latina trans woman. Um, so white gays, if you're fucking listening, this was never meant for you. If, uh, <laughs> I, I want to be clear, the, um, that stupid fucking pride Stonewall movie they did like four years ago. Uh, don't look. It's, ignore that. Not representative. There were, there were no white gays. They were, they didn't exist. So, but to your point though, Stonewall N was, so there was already like gay bars, the gayborhood, like spaces for gay and queer folks to have safety and community. And Stonewall was like, so even within this community, you're marginalized. <laughs> Come on down. Well, and like so many of the bars too at that point, like they're, they're like, yes, there were spaces and also so often, especially for like, trans women and drag queens and others of varying gender experience, they weren't welcome, to your point, Sarita, they weren't welcome in gay bars, even the ones that were, like, allowed in some way. And so, like, a lot of these spaces were, like, owned by the mafia um, and were, like, very, like, few and far between. Yes, they were very, very few and um, often came with a heavy, heavy police presence, a heavy, um, like, stigmatism, just like, even in what is supposed to be a, quote, safe space, lots of people aren't safe. Uh, And so in an attempt to create a space where they could be safe, loved, seen, fully expressive, Stonewall Inn was one of those spaces. Because of that, that means that it couldn't exist in peace. The cops were constantly popping up, literally just doing raids, arresting people, throwing people into like the drunk tank on like no charges whatsoever other than I don't fucking like you and you're kind. Um, A lot of, I mean, this happened in 69 and a lot of queer spaces were still segregated. Um, And we would see that going into 80s, 90s, 2021. And anyways, on the fateful evening, June 28th, 1969, at the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village, the cops pull up to do some of their usual shit of, we're going to arrest you for being queer, um, which was like a charge in and of itself. And then they would just add on other shit, um, whether it was true or not. Uh, Finally, enough was enough. And... uh, Uh, If I'm remembering correctly, there actually was a misunderstanding that had nothing to do with Sylvia or Marsha with the, like, brick being thrown that everyone loves to talk about of, like, the first Pride was a brick, like, whatever. Like, that was, like, coming from the street and had nothing to do with actually what was going on. But the police took that as an excuse to get fucking violent because the police will look for any reason to get fucking violent. We've said it before. We'll say it again. All cops are bad, all of them, end policing. There's no reform. There's nothing like get rid of them, throw it into the ocean. Anyways, cops use that as an excuse to get fucking violent. And so Sylvia and Marsha were like, look, knock if you buck. If we're going to fucking do this, then like, let's fucking do, like, we're not going down without a fight for our cause, for our people, for our lives. Um, and so that is what turned into the uprising of Stonewall. Um, I encourage you to do some deeper research because uh, I'm, again, like I said, I'm giving a very short snippet of like what happened um but here in essence this is the foundation of pride this is where we begin to think of so 
how do we actually celebrate and honor our our queer folks, our queer community? And that is why Pride is in June, because it happened on June 28th. And so after, you know, like the uprising at Stonewall really like kicked off an entire wave of of organizing that had already, and to be clear, queer like queer and trans people have been organizing for liberation for centuries. Um, but kind of like the most recent kind of like popular like wave of that liberation movement um happened as a result of the Stonewall uprising. Um and so you in the would years, not have you would not have fucking Harvey Milk, who everyone loves. Correct. There would be no Harvey Milk if it was not for the Stonewall uprising. Right, right. So please never forget, particularly white gay men <laughs> this entire Never episode forget. is a subtweet of white gay men you have been put on notice um your jig is up <laughs> you're consistently on notice i want to be clear um, but you know in the years after that there was the Chris- christopher street parade in new york city that um was started to commemorate the uprising at stonewall which then turned into you know celebrating pride Annually, and it has now become this month of celebration and remembrance and that kind of thing. Um, and it, it, the the uprising of Stonewall also really gave birth to all kinds of, like, organizations that were muted in, like, mutual aid and support. Like STAR, which is the Street Transvestite uh, Action Revolutionaries, which um, was the organization that, um, I believe... Sylvia and Marsha started together, maybe mm-hmm. just Sylvia. Um, but there were several several other militant and other organizations that were created uh, to fight for queer liberation. Um, and uh, some like there's a clip that I think about and circulate every Pride Month that is just forever like stained into my brain. Is there's a video of Sylvia Rivera who basically at like a a gay event like grabs the mic storms the stage and the the gathering itself is mostly of white gay men and sylvia who is a latina trans woman who has been at the forefront of organizing for queer liberation and trans liberation says to these motherfuckers like you all tell me to go and hide my tail between my legs I will not prolong put up with this shit. I have been beaten. I have had my nose broken. I have been thrown in jail. I have lost my job. I have lost my apartment for gay liberation. And you all treat me this way? What the fuck's wrong with you all? Think about that. And she was calling them out because tale as old as time, gay men were not willing to show up for people like Sylvia Rivera and for people like myself or people like Sarita. And they only wanted to show up for themselves, for men, and be done with it. And Sylvia was like, what in the fuck, dudes? Like, I have literally almost been killed multiple times fighting for your asses, and here you are watching as they throw me out of your bars. Go fuck yourself. Um, None of us are free until all of us are free. Once again, it's really that simple. (laughs) It really is that simple. Like, I... So, (laughs) I think about this clip all the time in the context of Pride when... I watch people like forgetting like what what this was when we started it because um so often like it is this like corporate um thing that centers white bodies it centers cis people it centers like um the idea of a nuclear family um and has in a lot of aspects like in kind of our broader like pop culture and that kind of thing um has really become this like corporate thing that actually isn't about liberating anyone it's about like making money and like quote-unquote representation that won't save us without action accompanying it which i mean and this is perfect because i want to make sure that we talk about how we got from a fucking uprising, fighting for our lives, fighting for our rights to, like, 
corporatization of pride. Uh, We've seen this done with so many movements. And going back to your point of how Sylvia Rivera was like, I fucking fight for y'all and you won't even let me like come into your bar. Um, It just reminds me of how the saying typically is that white women and black men occupy the same space because they are both the oppressed and the oppressor. And I would like to add cis white men <laughs> into that bracket because ultimately like what that what that statement is saying other than like the obvious is that there is this false belief that if I can I a white woman black man white gay man uh, can move closer to white hetero Christian landowning male, then they have no choice but to believe me, to respect me, to value me, like all of these things. There's this like constant clamor to get closeness to whiteness, which corporatization is that. Corporatization is capitalism, is colonialism, is whiteness in its truest, purest form. And so the more that these corporations get in on, I can make a fucking buck if I throw a rainbow on this, the more that, like, there is a group of people who aren't actually down with the cause of folks with mostly white men in the gay community who are like, well, this is good. That means they're accepting us. This is good. They want to be involved. Like, why wouldn't we want Target to have a whole aisle dedicated? And it's like, Target, you're... I love to lie to myself and say that Target's better than Amazon, but you're just as bad (laughs) as all the others. You and everybody (laughs) else in America. Yeah, right, 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 right. And like we have (laughs) Jesus every day. We stray farther from your will. (laughs) (laughs) Every day we stray further from God's light. Absolutely. (laughs) Fully and completely. (laughs) But like... Every day we, or every pride, every year, we are getting farther and farther away from what pride and what Stonewall actually was and represented and meant. For example, cops at fucking pride. Oh, fuck. You know, okay, so do y'all remember about 10 minutes ago when we told you about (laughs) how pride started? How it was an uprising against police brutality at the Stonewall Inn? Well... For a while, people have really thought that, yeah, we need cops at Pride. Um, and, like, to Sarita's, like, Sarita, to your point, like, you know, people are like, well, there are gay cops. And it's like, there shouldn't be. I don't care. <laughs> like, they need to quit Every their time jobs. people are like, well, there are black cops. And I'm like, that fucking sucks. They're an idiot. <laughs> they should also quit their jobs. Yeah, um, I mean, all of them. <laughs> all of them. Like, and, yes, so... Um, the fact is that, like, cops still hurt queer and trans people, particularly Black and brown queer and trans people. Do you know not only how many Black trans women have been murdered in this country, and also, and here, like, if that that already has me clearly fucking worked up, and then the fucking police... Like, after the fact, have the gall to misgender that woman after she has died? Not only died, she has been murdered? Like, fuck the police. Fuck that shit. Absolutely not. No fucking cops of my fucking pride. No more. I'm done. No, like, there is no place for them and like this this was a big uh, I, this has been a big issue for a while but this was really highlighted at last year's pride because last year's pride last june was in the height of the BLM Black Lives Matter movement um and so there was this double thing of we are calling for the end of policing because all cops are bad because black people are murdered every fucking day by the police and they get away from it. And then you want to add on the rainbow layer of pride of our black trans women in particular, but black queer folks in general are being murdered, assaulted, harmed by police every fucking day, are being dead named, 
even in their fucking death, are being misgendered, are, and that's even if their murderer or assaulter is ever seen or brought to trial, because I guarantee you the police don't fucking care when they hear that a trans person has been murdered. Oh, cops don't, don't give fucking a shit about they us. They don't give a shit. Not a single one. Uh, they're like, oh, I don't care. It happened at the wharf. Who cares? It happened at the docks. I don't give a fuck. Like, so like there is so <laughs> double groups don't want fucking cops. And then at the audacity fucking this is I was watching it happen at the L.A. Pride, but it happened at a lot of prides. They had the nerve to not only have police presence, but invite police to walk during the parade. <laughs> and if that is not the essence of, well, if we're just white enough, they'll finally like us. If we are just palatable, respectable, all the things enough, then surely they'll respect us. And the gag is they never fucking will. They're never they going to, to, girl. They're never going to. If they wanted to, they already would have. Like, Thank I'm you. sick they of... They can respect each other just fine. I am I am sick of begging for anybody to give a shit. Like, I'm sick of begging sis... Right. I'm, because frankly, we deserve fucking better. We do. We, yes. like, we're fucking royalty. And the fact that we are begging for scraps, we're begging for the cops to like us, not at my pride. Absolutely the fuck not. I, um, and also, like, folks have been organizing for years to get cops out of pride i want to give a shout out to no justice no pride which is a coalition organization of great folks here in dc who even years ago were organizing to keep like the fbi and like other folks from like setting up booths at like pride here in dc and have just been doing a lot of work on keeping the cops out of pride and just everyone who's been organizing on that front no cops at my pride um Related, there has been <laughs> capital D discourse. Um, literally, fuck my life. Um, <laughs> particularly on Twitter.com about kinks and the role of kink at Pride. There's long been not. Oh God, I hate saying there's. I say hey, hey, hate saying that there has long been controversy because, like, whatever. That's stupid. Um, about, like, whether or not Pride is, like, this, like, family event and that, like, oh, there are kids at Pride, so, like, we have to make it kid, like, friendly and appropriate and, like, quote-unquote, like, family appropriate. Which means, and the reason that that comes up is because Pride is for whom? The queers and the trans people. And there is a deep, like, cultural history among queer and trans people of celebrating kink, whether that is, you know, like, leather kink or, like, a leather fetish, which is, like, there there is a huge, like, leather community among queer and trans people that, I mean, that can extend to all kinds of kinks and that kind of thing, but folks get really fixated on, like, what folks wear to Pride and, like, what they do at Pride and whether or not that is family-friendly. Um, and I have two things because to again, say. you go first. You go first. <laughs> the first thing is, who are you to tell anybody about how to raise a family, what kids should see, how much you let a parent make a decision about that? The second thing that I want to say is that, <laughs> like, this space is for us. Like, this. Pride is for us to wear what we want, to do what we want, because it is our space, and demanding that individuals change, like, behave in a certain way in order to once again, like, be palatable and to be, like, consumable by companies, by corporations, by people who think that we are, like, sexually deviant or, like, whatever, like, completely undermines the entire point of pride like we might as well pack it up and go the fuck home if we're gonna like tell people to just like oh like you gotta cover up babe like no skin at pride one to your point of there are so many different types of families 
And the family unit is just as queer and spectrum, whatever the fuck you want to call it, as queerness and the LGBTQ community. So, like, first of all, let's stop playing this game of, like, white picket fence family fucking values. Um, And two... Again, this goes back to this idea of, well, if we can align closer to whiteness, then they'll like us. If we can make this a family event, then that will prove to them that we're not deviants and that we're not what they think we are. And and look at how wholesome we can be. We're wholesome just like you. And ultimately, those fucking bigots think what they fucking think no matter what you do. So you might as well be happy and like fully like in your skin, in your leather, in your pool for people to pee on you, like in your whatever. Moral of the story is like corporations, white America will try to bully and force people to like fit within a mold. And we do ourselves a disservice and deny ourselves when we try to fit into it because it's not who we are. It's not what we value. It's not what we stand for. And for pride to be an event that was based on an uprising against police brutality, an uprising against not being accepted, not being able to just... Like, that's the other thing. I want to take back the word accepted because, like, I don't need to be fucking accepted. People don't need to be fucking accepted. Just let people live their goddamn lives. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. And, like, it's (laughs) remember... You know, we said no cops at Pride. Do you remember that 10 minutes ago when we said that? (laughs) Um, So I should also be clear. I don't just mean the cops who like the boys in blue or like whatever. (laughs) I also mean the cop that lives inside your brain. You don't get to fucking police people at Pride. People get to do whatever the fuck they want. And I will speak. I'm going to use I statements for a minute. (laughs) Um... I have lived my whole life, like, being, having my, like, physical appearance, like, policed in, like, some way, right? Whether it's, like, you can't wear that, your hair can't look like this, can't put this on your face, like, that is not what you are supposed to do. And that experience is shared by a lot of queer and trans people in, like, varying forms, and we've all been policed in some way by somebody about something in our life. And Pride is supposed to be the space where, like, we just get to do whatever we want because we don't that get to. That doesn't fucking exist. Exactly. All that to say, no cops at Pride. None of them. No cop of any kind. Um, and I think it also begs the question, like, what do we want Pride to look like, right? And um, clearly no cops. Um, <laughs> very pro-assless chap. Like, If nothing else, I am pro everyone doing whatever the fuck that they want. And if you show up to Pride and you feel uncomfortable, maybe you should ask yourself, why am I uncomfortable? Um, What can I do to interrogate my internalized bullshit to get to the root of why I feel uncomfortable? Because odds are, sweetie... Free myself from the cop within. (laughs) Sweetie, it's about you. It's not about them. So you need to go home and do some journaling if that's how you feel. Do some journaling. Go to a therapist. Phone a friend. Don't fucking tell people how to live their goddamn life. You don't say like the a whole point. Thing. Not one thing. <laughs> Again, the the history, the like essence of pride is that we're fucking tired of being told how to live, what to do, demonized for just existing. So the whole point of pride is to just show up and fucking exist in a way that feels good for you. And again, I want to be clear, we obviously are like, you know, be consensual and respectful to the people around you. I feel like that goes without saying, but sometimes I make I like to make the implicit explicit. But yeah, going back to what I want to see at Pride, um, using I statements, uh, (laughs) I want to see people to be able to show up fully and expressively. I also want to see white cis people fucking getting out of the way. (laughs) All white people, not even just the cis ones. All the white ones. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. This isn't for you. Goodbye. The world is for you, quite honestly. <laughs> yeah. And so I want 
my Black and trans siblings, my non-binary indigenous siblings, like I want all of our like marginalized folks front and center and like leading the parade, leading the conversations, leading the spaces, because ultimately, like, again, we are, none of us are free until we are all free. And like, I talked about this a lot when I was in grad school, and it is definitely something that like I carry with me, like personal ethics, values, whatever, of like, when we elevate the most marginalized, the most at risk, the most vulnerable members of our community, we all rise to the top. Like, if we would just fucking take care of each other, we would all prosper. Capitalism has tricked you into thinking, well, there can only be one type of gay because they're going to get mad at us. Colonizers have tricked you into thinking, well, there can only be one type of rainbow pride because otherwise they won't even let us have it. I don't fuck your permits, fuck your like city ordinance. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Everybody fucking party. Fucking party. Yes. Do whatever the fuck you want. That's what pride needs to be. No more anti-black racism, no racism at all. White people, check your shit, deal with it, and do not bring it to my pride. Thank you. No. Oh, and for the straight people, God forbid if there are any of them that listen to this. <laughs> I want to speak directly to you. I love you, I guess. But I, I have a message for you directly. Um, and that message is, if you go to Pride, you need to know what you're walking into. And you need to be prepared for that. And when I say that, I mean that you need to understand that you're walking to a space that isn't for you. And so that means you need to shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up. It is not for you. That means you don't get to have opinions about how Pride Parade is run, how Pride festivities are happening, who's there, what they're wearing, anything. Because it's fundamentally not for you. And that applies to Pride. It applies to the gay bars that you love to take your uh, bridesmaids to. It applies to all of them. I'm not saying you can't go there. What I am saying is that you, number one, need to understand that you're walking to a space that is not yours. And number two, you need to act like it. And that means you treat us with respect. You recognize that you are in our fucking house and you act accordingly. And that's it. That's, it's, once again, like our catchphrase now is, it's really that simple. That's it. Just treat us with fucking respect when you're in our fucking house. That's it. Now that we've screeched about pride, <laughs> we're going to take a hot little break and we'll come back with some calls to action so that we can undo the cop in front of us and in our minds as related to pride. See you in a second. Welcome back. Hopefully you have had a pride-tastic break. You didn't just say pride-tastic, Maybe you threw a brick you? at a cop. I don't know. Did Target pay you for that? Is this sponsored? I sure did. <laughs> uh, but so our call to action, our internal, personal, self call to action. Uh, we're going to give you some suggestions for some pieces of media. Um, they are watchable things, but I also, if you're like not trying to watch something, encourage you to do a little bit of research to find something to read, a podcast to listen to, whatever. Um, but specifically some pieces of media that tell true, honest, authentic stories of uh queer experience, queer life, uh, and the what Pride is actually about. Um, and then we want you to, because we work in politics, vote triple. Tell three people about what you watched, read, listened to, whatever. Um, and, you know, some takeaways from you so that we can encourage folks to actually get a better understanding of uh, what Pride is actually about. Our suggestions are the Pride series on Hulu, 
Um, I actually have not watched it yet, but it's gotten really great reviews from people that I respect and people um, who would drag it for filth if it was trash. So that feels pretty good. <laughs> we said this at the top. Watch fucking Pose. Even if you've seen it already, I'm going to do a rewatch um, because, like I said, I haven't watched this current season because I'm a plebe and I don't have cable. Um, but now that the season's done, I'm going to do a whole rewatch. Um, Pose is on Netflix and FX, which therefore means that it is on Hulu. Um, but seasons one and two are on Netflix. Go forth, conquer. Um, that's another great resource. Um also on Netflix, there is the film Paris is Burning, um, which is a beautiful, like, documentary look into um, the, like, gay scene um, during the 80s. Am I getting that? Yeah, it's like 80s, 90s, especially like the ball scene in yes. particular. Yes. Which, um, you know, Paris is Burning is, uh, it was. A documentary released in, like, the 90s that was focused on just, like, the health systems, particularly in New York City, um, and folks credit it with all kinds of work, in particular the writers of Pose often frequently reference back to Paris is Burning. Even fucking RuPaul Charles talks about Paris is Burning <laughs> I mean, once a season thing, on like, fucking Drag Race, so... Paris is Burning is gay canon. Like... <laughs> it, is. it is. It is honestly essential viewing about particular Particularly the black and especially trans experience yes. living in this country, especially in New York City. So that's on Netflix. And then the other uh, thing that we're recommending is Disclosure on Netflix. Uh, if you listen to our last episode, we talked about um, Love of Our Life, Laverne Cox. Um, Angel. A Gemini at their best. Ugh. And um, Disclosure is a documentary that she put together um, talking about being trans and media. And it's not just her. Her. There are many folks in it, um, but it's uh, other than just being like beautiful and like well done. It is such an important piece of film in terms of like this is what we fucking put trans people through, and it doesn't have to be like this. Oh yes, disclosure, so fucking good. Yes, so watch one of those. If you're not trying to watch something, do some Google for, like, some good books, podcasts, whatever. Whatever media you consume, tell three people about it and something that you learned, something that you found interesting, something that you connected with. Have a conversation about it because the only way that we make change is by sharing information. Share um, the wealth, baby. Yes. Uh, going back to Oprah, when you know better, you do better. Um, <laughs> so that's our <laughs> internal call to action. Cal, can we get an external? Yeah. So um, especially for my very few, I'm sure, cishet listeners of this show, <laughs> I need you to open up your pocketbooks real quick um, and donate to a queer or and or trans led organization that is also serving queer and or trans people. Um especially bonus points if they're in your community. Um, two suggestions that we've got are the Okra Project, um, which does a lot of incredible shit, makes sure really good funding gets to grassroots um, organizations, particularly the, those that are directly, directly aiding trans people. And then also wanted to plug one of my personal faves, Casa Ruby, which is an organization based here in D.C., which provides housing to queer and trans folks that's experiencing homelessness. It was founded um, by a trans woman named Ruby, um, who has lived in D.C. for decades. Incredible activist um, who has just built such an incredible program there. So those are two places you can um, set up recurring contributions to um so that they get money from you every month because quick tangent um one-time donations are like great but if you can set up a recurring donation of like five dollars per month that really helps nonprofit organizations like plan their budgets because it's a steady steady source of income for them um so just be thoughtful of that when you're setting up any kind of donations but especially this pride month of like oh could i maybe make a smaller donation and stretch it out over several months and like work that into my budget or something because that is an even better way to kind of um, just support people even further. Sustainability. Um, sustainability. We love it. 
Um, also, if you don't want to give directly to an organization, Venmo a queer or a trans person. Bonus points if they're black or brown. Um, literally, like, we redistribute wealth, people. Like, it's time. Then send some send some get money over to whatever. Get over the cough in your fucking head. That's like I can't just uh, give someone money. Yes, you fucking can. When have you ever been like, oh, I really hate that they gave me money. Like, <laughs> like people love fucking well. <laughs> like finding twenty dollar bills in their fucking jean pockets. Same shit, dumbass. Just put twenty dollars in someone's jeans for the day. Like that's it. That's all. It's that easy. Just send it to somebody who needs it. They can use it how they need to. And on that. That's it. That's all you got to do. That's just a lot of homework for you this Pride this Pride month. Yes. Um, be gay, do crimes, all that good stuff. Sarita, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, the people can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Sarita Fonta, S-E-R-I-T-A-F-O-N-T-A, or on my website, Sarita, F-S-E-R-I-T-A-F as in Frank, dot com. Um, and my Venmo is also Sarita Fonta. Cal, where can the people find you? Um, the people, they can find me at Cade everywhere on the internet. Once again, I'm not accepting your Facebook friend requests. I'm never going to. Um, and I'm just going to double check my Venmo real quick. I believe it is. So even easier for you. It's just Cal-Cade. That's it. Send me money on Venmo um, so I can have a fun summer. Um, and with that, we'll see y'all next week. Bye, Bye. friends. Bye.